1: Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today, the guys are joined by Kevin Charity from Mad Friars to break down his top 30 prospect list. And you'll never guess who would not get Danny's vote for the Hall of Fame. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric Labou.
0: And welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 Podcast Offseason Prospect Edition. Uh, we are back. I am your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside, per usual, big man Eric Labou. Welcome back, Eric. It has been a while.
2: Yeah, it has been a while. Uh, we got a very special in-studio
0: guest with us today. Yes, that's right. That's right. The wife let him out of the house. We have Kevin Charity of Madfriars
1: in studio. Yeah, this is much better than the car. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, we we thought about putting in the back seat like a taxi cab confessions.
0: <laughs> yeah. Prospect confessions. Yeah, yeah but prospect. then we had the off air confessions, and we thought
2: maybe we'll just bring them in studio instead. Yeah, maybe not. So Thanksgiving was this last week. How was your guys' uh, Thanksgiving weekend?
1: Go ahead, Kevin. You have a family. You can go first. You have a family. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it was good. Just. Uh... Whole lot of nothing. Eating food, watching the Chargers, which was depressing.
0: Yeah, you're I Charger fan still?
1: No, but oh. it's depressing because they're actually kind of good, and it's it hurts. True, hurts. Are totally. they
0: good? Aren't they only like 500?
2: They're they're and we don't want to talk about Chargers too much, but I believe they're one game under 500 now, and they Although, have a weak rest of the schedule.
1: And I'm looking for their net to their inevitable loss to Cleveland this week or next week, or yes. they play again. That's
0: it's coming. It's Shout coming. out to our friend uh, Uncle Pimo and I hope they lose to uh, who the hell are they playing when he goes oh yeah Cleveland the Browns. Yeah. Our good old friend Patrick's going and uh, I can't wait for that <laughs> devastating loss. I would love I would love for him to lose that
1: game. $300 well spent. Yeah.
2: Definitely. <laughs> definitely. I can you can get like probably five or six nuts down in Adelina's
0: for that. So I, a I, week, a week's worth. Five <laughs> or six, huh? Yeah, I think I'm going to open a GoFundMe page. Yeah, you should. Yeah. If you can't buy a van, go buy some
2: nuts down at Adelina's. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what'd you do on Thanksgiving, Danny? Uh,
0: I just had my daughter. Uh, got her all gussied up. Had some turkey and some other non-keto food. Uh, enjoyed delicious uh, pumpkin pie, cheesecake, all kinds of sweets. And then... Uh, Dumped my daughter on her mom, that was her problem the rest of the night, and uh, I took the night off. How about yourself? That works. I spent the entire
2: four-day weekend searching for a single fuck to give about what Keith Law thinks about Trevor Hoffman
0: the oh, Hall God. of Fame, and I'm still not able to find one. Did you guys <laughs> see
2: all that shit that went down on Twitter this
0: week? Yeah, it was a little overwhelming. It's Keith Law says, I don't. Uh, Trevor Hoffman's not a Hall of Famer, and then it's just a shitstorm of comments from all kinds of uh, Padre uh, fan attacking uh, alleged blogger Keith Law. Yeah. Yeah, good times. I mean, the whole thing is, st- I mean, we all know Keith Law's a dick, right? You lo- Danny he, loves Keith. Law. I like Keith Law, but he is he's very snarky and he can be very very short uh, and very mean to yeah. people on Twitter when uh, when they try to come at him, which is kind of entertaining cuz I like watching people get shot down, but yeah, he can be a dick. <laughs> Yeah, that
2: was that was pretty interesting seeing uh, him and uh, well Patrick Brewer and then David Dodd Dallas McLaughlin got into it with him. <laughs> I
0: didn't see the McLaughlin stuff. I saw the Dodd stuff, which was incredible. <laughs>
2: yeah, so I don't I I don't mm. know. I think we all kind of I think Kevin and I stand in the same the same stance. You think Trevor Hoffman's a Hall of Famer? All Padre fan bias aside, Kevin, well, is he a Hall? When of you Famer? look
1: at the Padre bias, it's it's obvious that people love Trevor Hoffman. He's the second most popular Padre of all time. I think the, the mistake that people run into is that other people have differing opinions. Some people... I mean, a lot of the stat heads, the you know, sabermetric stuff, they, they don't value the safe. And it's a valid argument. It, it does make sense. And there's a lot of people that... you know, Like I said, it, it, it's neither here nor there. But it's like if you're going to argue with a guy who gets paid to share his opinion with baseball to watch baseball games to write reports come up with a better argument than, like, well, you, if you don't think that Trevor Hoffman's a Hall of Famer, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, it, mention the saves, the ERA, the adjusted, the the two-time runner-up for signing awards, whatever it is. And that's just my opinion. I think he's a Hall of Famer, but I also probably overvalue relievers because if you look at even today's game, like, look at the playoffs. the The relievers are dominant. I mean, if you look at these teams that were – hoping for, they're getting 12 outs of their starters and then turning it over to their bullpen if the trends continue for another let's say another five or six years i can make an argument that andrew miller's a hall of famer yeah even though could. he's not a closer kimbrell right now kimbrell's a hall of famer is, and he's probably statistically i don't have it in front of me but he might be on par or better than rivera
0: yeah i actually eric and i had that uh brief talk but i've looked it up before arguing with people about how good Kimbrel really is and he's incredibly dominant he's actually i think a little underrated yeah. Because nobody talks about him like they do Chapman and Miller, and he's incredibly yeah, and, dominant. Yeah, and the
1: thing you have to realize is that I think one of the arguments that Keith Law put on Twitter was that um, he's a specialist, and that specialists aren't necessarily Hall of Famers, but I look at it in who's getting paid. So, like, Lenny Harris, who I think is the number one pinch hitter of all time, has the most pinch hit.
0: You mean it's not the swing
1: dog? <coughs> he's in the top five, I think, <laughs> isn't he? But, but those guys never got paid. Yeah. I, Chapman signed what an eighty million dollar contract last year. Yeah, Kimbrell, if he were a free agent, would get that. So I mean, you look at the money that gets thrown around with these closers. I mean, Mark Melanson is a, an above average closer up until last year, four years, fifty two million. So I think when you look at the value of it, yeah, you can make the case that, of course, Barry Bonds, Manny Ramirez, you know, I'm looking at these lists, and that's why I mentioned these names. But Vladimir Guerrero, these guys are more valuable than a Trevor Hoffman. But at the end of the day. You know, people. Trevor Hoffman, in his prime, probably was underpaid. I think he took less money to play here, it seemed like. With the money getting thrown around today, if Trevor Hoffman, with his career stats, were a free agent, somebody would throw 70 seventy to $80 at him, no, no doubt. I think he's a Hall of Famer. If you disagree, I, I get every point that's been made, but it's not really going to matter. He got 74, 74% of the results last year, and... He should get at least enough to get in there next year, one would think. I don't think it would go down. It typically goes up, but who knows.
2: Well also so I agree. I mean, couldn't have said any better. I do understand when people say, Hey, no, he's not a Hall of Famer, especially when I think about the uh two thousand seven collapse. <laughs> <coughs> I, I can kinda see that. I don't want to judge his whole candidacy off of one. Yeah, and I've final always stretch. Yeah, and
1: I've always made the argument that Trevor Hoffman in many occasions more or less wet the bed in those yeah situations Scott
0: Brocious says he's not a hall of <laughs> Scott famer Scott
1: Brocious tagged in for that you know in game 3 he blew the game in 07 he blew i think two saves in the playoffs in 98 after he blew a couple of games air. in 07 yeah. he blew it against
0: Gwynn and then he blew it again against Colorado Yeah so
1: i mean but it's also like that's like you know saying that Barry Bonds or you know, yeah. you know Chipper Jones struck out in a critical situation yeah like yeah these guys are going to fail i think when you look at the whole body of work the fact that he played 15 years i believe in the in the big leagues he amassed 600 saves um you know you look at his adjusted era it was better than league average um he's not somebody in my opinion that i would say is a first ballot slam dunk hall of famer and he wasn't this is his third year on the ballot but i think he should get in but i think one of my things before not to go off on a tangent but it's like i always feel like there's guys that like people aren't voting in that should be in like i I think mucina is a hall of famer no doubt um, i think scott Rowland is a borderline hall of famer and i think billy wagner has a case too as is gary sheffield even jeff kent so i i think the thing with the hall of fame is that there's no criteria that specifically says what makes a hall of famer it's all subjective and so i think when you add that i think if, if you're saying the barometer for a hitter is 500 homers or 3,000 hits or for a pitcher it's having an ERA of this or, you know, if you're going to get into the Sabre metrics, you know, what their XFIP is or all that other stuff. There's no Gross. clear-cut criteria, <laughs> exactly. But there's no clear-cut criteria, so I think it's it's just... And I think that the, the advantage that Trevor Hoffman has in the voting... Is that a lot of old school writers still believe in the save and it's a stat, and I true. think they'll vote him in. So that's my personal opinion. He's a Hall of Famer. If Keith Law disagrees, then that's his opinion, and he's certainly entitled to it. I don't want to attack him personally because, just because somebody doesn't have a, you know, somebody has a differing opinion. I mean, I don't need to call them a, a putz or something. <laughs> yeah. Unless it. you think that Donald Trump is a great president, then I'm going to call you a putz. But <laughs> other than that, true.
2: True. So if if our producer wasn't a lazy sack of shit. Oh, wait, I am the producer. I would have a, a breaking news announcement here, a breaking news soundbite, but Danny, you told me today Oh God! you would not vote for Trevor Hoffman that for is, the Hall of Fame. What the fuck is your problem that you're is, not
0: voting for Trevor Hoffman? <laughs> that is not what I said. I did not say that. Nope. I, you said that you would not vote for him this year. That's exactly this, what you I said, said I would not. No, see, you said I would not vote for him, and then said I would not vote for him this year. I think Trevor Hoffman is a Hall of Famer. Part of that is because it is a Padre bias. Um, I also do think he is, statistically speaking, he's not Mariano Rivera. But I do think he's up there with Billy Wagner as maybe two of the top relievers of his generation. And I want to see him get enshrined. I wouldn't vote for him this year solely based on the fact that I think there are 10 other guys who are better than him that I would give my vote to. In a year like last year where, yeah, you had Bagwell and Reigns and Pudge, you know, I think you can fit him on the ballot for the most part. But if there are 10 other guys, and I could argue for more than 10, um, that I think are better than Trevor, then yeah, I would vote for those guys because that's how I'm going to vote. Who are the best players? Which comes down to why the fuck do we have a 10-player cap on the Hall of Fame? It's already hard enough to get 74% of the vote or 75%. They shouldn't cap it, and I think that really handicaps him. I think it's going to handicap him this year. To be completely honest with you. Now, so that we're clear, you said that you wouldn't vote for him this year
2: because there's at least 10 other guys you'd put in ahead of him. Correct. But also, we should be clear and let everyone know to our 12 listeners, <laughs> Danny is voting for steroid guys. And yes. he doesn't have a
0: ballot. But no. if he would, if he's I voting ha- for steroid if guys. If I had a That's ballot. Yeah, if I had a ballot, Barry Bonds is the greatest player yeah. I have ever seen. And I've seen, you know, Ken Griffey play... I um, haven't seen Mike Trout play yet. but I mean, I got to watch Ken Griffey a couple times in some interleague games. Saw him in all-star games. Barry Bonds is far and away the best player I've ever seen, at least hitting-wise. Just an excellent player. He needs to be in the Hall of Fame. If he'd have ended his career before the steroid stuff came out, he is a slam-dunk Hall of Famer. Roger Clemens is a Hall of Famer. Chipper Jones, Mike Mussina, Kurt Schilling, and I'm just going... I went on Baseball Reference for the ballot and just clicked War to do top to bottom. Oh boy, these are—I mean, that's just how I have it, how I have it listed out. But you don't even have to look at that. Kurt Schilling has what, 3,000 plus strikeouts? How the hell is he not in the Hall of Fame? It makes no sense. He should be in the Hall of Fame. me Larry Walker, who gets incredibly handicapped by hitting at Coors Field in the back end of his career—he hit before he went to Coors <laughs> and he hit after he left Coors. Uh, Manny Ramirez, to me, is a Hall of Famer. I can get the Manny thing because he failed two tests, but to me, he's still. Maybe the greatest right-handed hitter of his generation. Edgar Martinez is far and away the best DH of all time, except for maybe David Ortiz. And he should be in. Gary Sheffield, you can argue. Andrew Jones is the best center fielder of his generation. He had a peak that was like nobody else. There's nobody close to him. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero. I vote for him, too. I think he's getting in this year. I do, too. But then you get to guys you can argue. Jeff Kent, you could argue. Jeff. Uh, Fred McGriff, you can argue. Was there anybody better than Johan Santana during his peak before he went to the Mets and got? And hurt? you
1: could argue, get off my lawn, Orlando Hudson's on the ballot. <laughs> the O'Don. Yeah, you hell, can. You, I I would even make a case. I mean, I I, I see the stats. Jamie Moyer pitched a long time. Like, he did, but the like, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't but either. I think you can make an argument. He's a Hall at, of uh, Very gritty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got Carlos Lee, who's in the Hall of Very fat. <laughs> Aubrey Huff in the hall of very dumb. Yeah, Carlos Carlos Lee has 70-grade boobs. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, um,
2: you know, we're looking at the at the list right now. First ballot, um, you guys think Omar Vizquel gets in? Yes, not, not, eventually.
1: Not eventually. I don't think he's going to get in this ballot.
2: Yeah, me neither. How about Jim Tomey? First ballot?
1: Yes. I would hope so. 600 home runs in his career. I yeah. think he's, what, fifth all-time, fourth all-time, something like that? Yeah, right He played
0: first base long enough to where I think he won't be handicapped for being a DH which he pretty much was the majority of the time.
2: How about uh, Larry Chipper Jones? Oh yeah, he's like a
0: slam. I would be interested to see who doesn't vote for Chipper Jones. I wish they would publish the well, ballots. There,
1: there's people. Well, there's a Twitter account that has a lot of them that publishes some, and they don't publish every single one, but the ones they get a hold of, they publish. But there's always these people that are kind of Mets they, they beat don't, writer. Yeah, they don't. They don't <laughs> feel like anybody's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Which yeah, Trevor Hoffman not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Won't argue there. But a guy like like, Griffey in their prime, he didn't get 100% of the votes? Is yeah. That, yeah, Rick, how does that not Ricky happen? Henderson, Ricky did Henderson did 100 Cal, I, you know. Did Babe Ruth
0: get 100%?
1: I don't believe did, so. Did anybody vote
0: against Ted fucking Williams? <laughs> Who would vote? It makes no sense. That's my other thing with the Hall of Fame is this dumb... It doesn't go on the plaque. Like, Burt Blylevin said it. He's like, it doesn't say on my plaque 10th ballot Hall of Fame. Either I'm a Hall of Famer or I'm not. This whole first ballot stuff is stupid. It, either he is or he isn't. But again, I think that goes into the cap of you can only pick 10 guys. And I think they want to
1: they want to look at it as it, the Hall of Fame is supposed to be about elite. And right. I think if you let 15, 20 guys in at a time, I, I think you can make the argument that it's not elite.
0: I don't think that many would get the vote though. I really don't cuz if you are I mean, you know, I only mean, have looking so at it winners. realistically,
1: I mean, I I if I had a ballot, I'd vote for 10 easy and I could make a case for 10 more. Yeah. I mean, like you just said Santana has a case, Johnny Damon has a case. I think he ended up with 27, 2,100 career hits. Scott Rowland has a case as, as one of the best case. defensive third baseman from the you know that ninth you know the late nineties. Uh, Sammy Sosa has a case. Um, he also has that thing that Michael Jackson had. I was gonna
2: say he has white privilege now. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> is he inching closer to the Hall of Fame? He he's inching closer. Yeah. Carlos Zambrano, one of the greatest hitting pitchers of all time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Carpenter was a bulldog and a horse. Levon Hernandez ha- got. I mean, he can thank Eric Gregg for his career that '97 uh, game. I think that was the NLCS where he just had the ridiculous strike zone. Yeah, God, it's been
0: that long since Lebron Hernandez gave up, huh? Yeah, I still remember him giving up Rizzo's first hit.
1: Oh yeah, Yeah. I was at that game. Yeah, you were. How's that work? (laughs) And if I had a vote, you know, hopefully at some point I'll be able to weasel my way into getting a vote in the media somehow to where I can vote in Bartolo Cologne, just strictly for breaking James Shields. Like, that's one of my goals. Yeah. Just broke him. He's destroyed.
2: Yeah, I'd certainly, certainly be down for that. So that's that's enough kind of Hall of Fame talk. I think Kevin and I both agree, Hall of Fame, slam dunk, Danny says no.
0: That's so- not what I said. That is not what I said. <laughs> so I said anyway. he's a Hall of Famer, for God's sakes. Anyways, so um, we, we're happy to have Kevin in
2: studio today. We're... Um, He just dropped his top 30 list. Check out madfriars.com. Find him on Twitter at Kevin underscore charity. Um, A lot of exciting things going on at at, uh, Madfriars. You guys also, um, you guys absorbed a couple guys from Padres Perspectives. We have Marcus Pond and uh, Travis Barnett. Um, so, I mean, what, what kind of – what stuff you guys got going on? There's not a whole lot going on right now, but – The real yeah. question
0: is, are those guys replacing you, and there's just something else going on that you want to break to us? Oh, no, also I'm not, breaking news, you're being replaced by Not Kevin. that I'm aware oh, of. Huh. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's just a, a matter of us trying to fight, figure out ways to get more on-site coverage because we realize that that's kind of what the – I wouldn't necessarily say the other Padres blogs are right about minor leaguers are like, competitors, but what we feel like sets us apart from a lot of the other – people that do it is that we have on-site reporting right. and so the thought of, behind it is that these two guys travis and marcus are doing a really good job of running padres prospectus everything i've ever read on that site was really good and so it was more of like i don't know who approached you or how that all went that's more of a, a con of question than for me but it gives us two guys that are close to ones close to san antonio ones in fort wayne so it gives you the opportunity to have more on-site coverage i think fort wayne is always going to be a team that's interesting. They're going to have a lot of the, you know, the, the J two class there next year. I would imagine. Um, and it's the first time they've actually added writers, or we've added writers since me. I was the last guy they added in two thousand fifteen. So it's just. So
2: you're yeah. no longer fresh
1: meat. I am no longer. <laughs> I am no longer uh, being hazed by Conniff and forced to do his bidding. So that's. <laughs> um, it, it it takes a burden off of me for sure.
2: Well, that's good. You know, I, I gotta say, uh, Marcus with Potter, when he was with Padres Perspectives, I'm pretty sure it was him um he had an interview with Luis Urias that was excellent it was
1: really yeah great. I mean they do they do a great job so I mean it's one of those things where yeah we definitely are stoked to have them I know uh I, I, anything that makes their site stronger and it makes it better I mean I don't look at it as you know me competing against them or any of us I think it's just all like we all just want to do each other you know do well by each other and We've always been really good about... You said to each other. (laughs) I wish. I mean, that's the dream, but no. Is that what the overlord's bringing you in for? No, no, no. So that's the hazing that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Now,
0: I have a question, and we're going to get into it a little bit with Kevin in his top 30 now. (laughs) What... What goes into the top thirty? What makes you say, okay, we're not going to do a top ten, we're not going to do a top one hundred or a top fifty. We're going to do a top thirty. What what goes into deciding on that hard number of prospects that? Uh...
1: I think most of the major publications do a top thirty. Baseball America, when they do their handbook, does a top thirty. Baseball Prospectus does. I think once you start in most years, once you start getting beyond the thirty, you're just really looking at kind of guys that are, you know, have a five or ten percent chance of making the big leagues. That I just feel like in most years, it, and this year maybe it, we could have gone deeper, but I think it's just a good number. Plus it makes it more difficult when you're writing it because every you have to... I, I legitimately had like 60, 65 guys that I was kind of going back and forth on and it settled on the 30. Um, some, you know, like EVT does a top 100 and that's cool by them, but I think doing that just kind of doesn't really seem like the best use of, of my resources or our time, but, you know, to each his own. Um not hating on them by any means, but I think it's just it's just a good number where I feel like you get a good idea of what the depth is in the system. But you know, everybody's got their own opinion. So in terms of
0: <clears throat> compiling your top thirty, because the Padres right now are at a point where I feel like a lot of publications will say they have so much depth, particularly at the middle and lower levels, that a lot of these guys would make a lot of top ten or twenty lists on other organizations. In terms of ranking these guys, how's the balance like is it obviously there's going to be upside and ceiling but there's also closeness to the majors how much is that weighted when you're filling out particularly like the top 10 because obviously that's the big part is the top 10
1: i mean you want to look at everything um i tend to look at ceiling a lot just because i it's great like there's and that's kind of what i'll get into like when you look at the bottom part of this but there's guys in the system that will make the major leagues. Um, Rocky Gale was never, never considered a prospect, nor should he have been. But he made that's your wins. guy. Yeah, yeah. I no, I, I'm like I'm I'm Team Rocky Gale. Like I will, I will get his. Kevin went to
0: Walmart to- and just got a bunch of pictures he took of Rocky Gale and Lake Elsinore and made his own Rocky Gale calendar. Twelve months of
1: Rocky roads. Twelve months of Rocky. <laughs> um he's the greatest catcher in the history of uh, of baseball no yeah. but i but i mean when you look at guys like that i mean there's there's guys every year that come up whether they're homegrown or you get them from another organization that you're looking at this guy and like how is this guy a big leaguer but he's a big leaguer and i think those guys ultimately when you think about it have more value than somebody that is this they pay three million dollars for the Dominican, and never gets above like elsinore Right. I, th- I think ultimately the whole point of you signing prospects is to is to either generate big league talent or use them as currency to acquire things that you need. I tend <laughs> to give a little bit more weight to, like, just to kind of, not to spoil it, but like a guy like Jacob Nix, I have him a lot higher than probably most people do because he ended up getting the AAA. He's closer to helping the team than, say, an Adrian Morajone. Maybe if everything goes right, Morhone's a better pitcher, but Nick's is the likelihood of, of Nix making the big leagues at this point is greater and that's one of the things I look at. Obviously if you look at ceiling, if a, if a guy just looks like he, like a like a world beater like Tatis, he's far away from the big leagues I think, but you know, depending on who you ask, but you know, I, I tend to just look at what we think is you know, what I think is gonna be the who's gonna have the most impact in the big leagues when they get there.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. And and uh, by the way, you you mentioned him already. There's no surprise. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you have a top ten, top thirty, top three hundred and sixty one prospect <laughs> list, that Tatis is on the top.
1: I yeah, mean, I think when you look at you ask every publication, you ask every evaluator, and you know, I'm not saying that I'm in the know in, in terms of that, but I've talked to scouts at Elsinore, and I've talked to people here and there, and. Uh, there's basically the consensus is the Padres basically, if you start breaking their farm system in the tiers, Tatis and Gore are clearly above the others in terms of ceiling upside, all the things that, you know, give you a proverbial uh, prospect boner. Like those are the guys (laughs) that are giving it to you. Um, Then you go beyond, I think the next tier, which I think the three to like, I'd say three to eight fall. And then you just kind of keep going down. And that's kind of how I look at the system. I think if everything, like if this rebuild or whatever you want to call it works, Tatis and Gore are going to be your two of your stars right? Um, versus whatever else they have, whether that's you think Will Myers is that guy or somebody else emerges or they make a trade or signing, whatever. But if we're talking let's do it with homegrown talent, Gore is anchoring your rotation followed by the other guys on the list, and then you have Tatis as kind of that – you know that lineup stabilizer personally.
2: Yeah, and and we're not going to go down to um, you know list them off one by one. Everyone on your on your top thirty that we're looking at here, but kind of a few to, to spotlight here. One in particular, he's been getting a lot of play in the Arizona uh, Fall League. Is Andres Munoz Mexican? Mexican Mexican Andres Munoz. There, I personally think his controls kind of hit and miss, but I wouldn't be surprised if the kid the kid throws triple digits. I mean, upper nineties he can sit. I wouldn't be surprised if he cracks the major sooner. I don't want to say like next year, but I think he can move quickly.
1: I think with him, they're gonna kind of continue. It seems like they're gonna kind of continue to develop him as a reliever, which obviously means he doesn't really need to develop a third pitch. He doesn't necessarily need a lot of refinement. He's eighteen, so my guess next year is that he starts in Elsinore. Wow. So, I, I, and I, and I'm, I'm I don't have anything. I'm just speculating. I don't have any like inside knowledge on this specific thing, but i i'm curious what i what i even wrote in my report on him is that what if they let him start just just let him go out there throw him in fort wayne let him throw three or four innings and see what he can do out there i think the the thing with him is his command if you look at his numbers in uh tri-city he walked i want to say six guys per nine innings something like that really high but his stuff is you know like you said his command in the fall league was far and away better than what I had I had seen just kind of in the little bit of video I've seen from him in Tri City. But he's 102 mile an hour fastball. Slider looked a lot, a lot really good in the fall league. So if he has that weapon and he can command two of those pitches, he's gonna be in the big leagues by as soon as next year.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I'm thinking, and I was gonna ask you if you think the idea of like just, cause most times they will let kids start until they can't start anymore, right? That's what they're doing with Lamet. He's I think we all agree, at least Eric and I do. That he's probably going to end up a, a high leverage reliever, Dennison Lamet. But whereas Munoz, they're not even bothering. Do you think it's, that's just to try to to try to fast track him up to the big leagues? Because
1: it's a great question, and that's actually one that if we do some type of thing with Sam Ganey or or you know we did a one on one con did with uh, AJ Preller in the uh, in the in spring training. That'd be like one of the first questions I'd have down is like I'm because he's just one of those guys. He intrigues me just because. I can't remember them ever having anybody in their system that threw that hard, and obviously velocity is king these days. And if you have a guy that's eighteen years old, that's flipping it up there at one hundred and two. Maybe what if he just is throwing ninety nine, but is is can start and he can develop, you know, a third pitch or he develops a cutter. He's a guy that I think I have him at I think twenty eight on my list. So he's a guy that I consider putting higher. I think. There are some people have talked about putting him top 10, which I think is a little bit crazy right now. He's, That's a he, bit aggressive. Yeah, he's, he's for, a, pure, for a reliever. He's a pure reliever, but, no. I mean, um, if you talk to other guys on the site, like John Conniff is not afraid to put relievers pretty high up. I think he had Trey Wingenter uh, at, like, 16, whereas David Jay, who's, you know who I think when it comes to knowledge, they're two guys that their knowledge is vastly superior to mine. Um, David generally doesn't put relievers in his list, so – it just depends who you ask, but for me, like, yeah, he's a guy that could move really fast if he's exclusively a reliever. Now, did David J. put out his top 30? No, so we're kind of staggering it out of the offseason. So Conniff went first, and then Travis put one up last week. Uh, mine dropped uh, last Wednesday, I believe, uh, and I think the next one up is Ben Davey or Marcus, and then David J. slated to go last. So we kind of stagger him out just to give us some content during the offseason and kind of... Actually, have something to talk about other than you know who they should sign and trying to buy a van. Articles, trying to buy a van, <laughs> trying to buy you know a Padres, you know, anything. Hey, know. uh,
0: what about a mad fresh trip to Adelitas? That sounds pretty good, right?
1: Sounds yeah, good. if Connor is fronting the bill, I'm down. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, another guy I want to touch on in the top 10, I think people kind of forgot about him. He had a nice little start for the Padres before getting sent down. Uh, Franchi Cordero, I noticed you put in the top 10. What's your thought on Franchi and you know, is he somebody – because I look at Perel and think, yeah, he might last. But I feel like Franchi can be a, an everyday regular and left. Is that what, – what's the, the the idea behind putting him in the top ten in terms of – His he talent.
1: He's – I mean, he, he, he showed you, like, what he can do. He had a multi-home run game when he came up. He had – if you count uh, big leagues and – uh, el paso he had 20 triples this year which is wow, crazy wow. so the combination the combination and he had 18 last year which i think was an organization record and he broke it this year i believe I, he's he, a shortstop initially right he's a shortstop just couldn't do it defensively the game i think probably moved too fast for him as you know the reports i read, i never saw him play shortstop live he looks good enough out in the outfield the thing that i really like <laughs> about him is he has really quick wrists so he can really turn on balls and um, really jack them out of the ballpark, huh? <clears throat> yeah, I mean he's got a guy that I think he's he's got emerging power. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. <laughs> Bad, took, um, yeah took me a minute. Yeah, took me a minute. You like, got into right. his prospects for a yeah, second. Yeah, I got. Man. Like I said, you get me going, and I can talk all night. But no, like he's a guy that just I think what I'm hoping for next spring is that he just comes out in the spring and just forces them to. T- to put him on the roster and he takes a job. Yeah,
0: I hope so because um, I really like Frenchy. We were talking about him when we first started this podcast last February when we were doing prospects. I really hope. Because I, I think you see the tools. He has a guy who's playing shortstop playing left. I mean, that's yeah. cake for him. Well, didn't they move him to center?
1: He's played center yeah. and left in El Paso. He's played center almost exclusively last year. I think he kind of bounced around both. They had Rafael Ortega out there a lot, um, minor league free agent type guy. But, uh, with him, the thing that's a concern is the same thing with Renfro. He can't make contact. He doesn't draw walks. Great. So, you know, <laughs> we if saw know, all of work His out. His big league resume was 44% strikeouts. I think it was 27, 28 in AAA. Don't quote me on that. I think that's about right. But his walk rate is about 5%. Mm. So those are the things where I'm not a huge sabermetric guy, but those are one of the things I look at. Like if the guy can't draw walks and he's giving you – you know a quarter of his bats away via strikeout, or in his case 40 percent. there's not really a lot left there for him to to showcase that power if he can get that under control one of my hopes next year is that he gives them a left-handed bat because I feel like one of the things that I would like to see them do with Renfro kind of getting a little bit off topic but with Renfro is he destroyed left-handed pitching and got murdered by right-handers so I, I don't think I'm ready to say Renfro is a platoon guy but like i think having another left-handed bat would help him and you know hopefully shield some of his weaknesses i think cordero could be that guy
0: yeah do you think with cordero because you mentioned like an an offensive profile similar to renfro there's a lot of power it's just a matter of making contact and develop developing an approach i think it's safe to say uh franchi might be better defensively and on the bases do you think there's enough profile there with the glove and left with the base running to where even if he's close to average offensively which is pretty much what Renfro was because of the power that Franchi might be a better everyday guy than Renfro he or a could be shot
1: at he could be I mean I I think the, the the strikeouts are a concern I think until that gets cleaned up and that's ultimately why I think uh, a return to El Paso is inevitable for the young man but uh, that's what I what I think is gonna, <laughs> what I think is going to happen next year but uh-huh. I mean I think just when you look at the composition of the of the big league roster, um, Alex Dickerson is kind of of the wild card, definitely because of of, they need that left handed bat to kind of balance it out. But Cordero could be a guy that can insert himself. Totally agree. Insert himself, and uh, uh, he he's a guy that I like a lot. I think I actually contemplated having him a little bit. I had him a little bit higher, but yeah, yeah, I could
2: see. Yeah. yeah. So let's get this back on track here. Uh, a, a guy that I'm looking at right now is on the. You're, you have him at uh, number twenty three. So he was recently. He was left. Correct me if I'm wrong. He was left unprotected for rule five. Left off the forty man. That's Fran Mel Reyes. Uh, is is there a chance that another team takes him or is well, he hurt or what's First going on off,
0: let's. I don't think anybody. I know very little. So let's let's get a quick bio on Fran Mel Reyes. Position, age, upside.
1: Uh, 21 years old. He's primarily a right fielder, 6'5". I think he's listed, like, 260. Wow! He's a a behemoth. That's a tank! (laughs) Um, if the Padres had started a basketball team, um, he would be in there, um, with all the 6'8 pitchers they have, like Jerry Keel and all those guys, but, um, he's a guy that hit for a lot of power this year. strikeout rate is passable. I think it was 23-24%. I think the reason ultimately – there's there's two reasons why I think he was left off the 40 man is he has a broken bone in his hand, the broken hammock, the same thing that Austin Hedges had a couple years ago. Um, so that could have contributed to part of it. But I think ultimately is he's a right fielder that is not great defensively. We've kind of suggested, I guess more or less, that he – would be a first baseman going forward, but yeah, that, he's still that there. body,
0: good grief. Yeah,
1: so, but he's a guy. He hit twenty five home runs. He has great power, mostly to the pull side, from what I've seen. Um, didn't hit for a high average, but he also didn't strike out a lot. So I think he's a guy where I don't look at batting average as being that important. That's really the only way I ever look at average is like, well, if he's if he's striking out. But he's a guy that has twenty to twenty five home run pop and could be more. He's a guy that I said I, I know we've talked about him before on previous podcasts where I think he could be the right fielder to the future if everything went right, but he's kind of more of a wild card just because I think more or less he doesn't have a defensive position. I think if he could have played center or had a little bit more athleticism, they would have, they would have uh, protected him. But personally, I don't feel like he's a type of guy that typically gets gobbled up in the rule five. I feel like those guys are more like the guys that can play center or that have that one loud tool. Yeah. He's got power, but I don't think his power is like, a Jabari Blash, or Jabari Blash legitimately has, like, 70 power, but has, like, you know, a 25 or a 30 hit tool. Yeah,
2: yeah and that makes sense. And a lot of people are freaking out, like, oh, my God, we're going to lose him. I mean, he's a halfway decent prospect. We're going to lose him. But people don't, rec- don't realize, the casual fan, that the team that claims him, they have to keep him on the 40-man right. all year. On there, twenty five. right? Yeah, twenty five. Yeah. And I
1: think a lot of people. I I was more surprised that they didn't protect Gerardo Reyes, who is a, right. r- the reliever at Elsinore, who who hits like ninety eight on the gun. Even also 100. Mexican. Also Mexican. <laughs> I, be- I think he's Mexican. I don't. I don't know.
2: Yeah, he's Mexican tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh,
1: but I mean, throwback to our original podcast they, episodes. Everybody's Mexican. They yep. went back to like they. They. I mean, they s- s- protected Brad Wick and uh, who's the other guy they protected. Uh... Another reliever. I can't remember his name's escaping me right now. But I wasn't surprised that Reyes uh, wasn't protected. But, yeah, I I think ultimately they have right now, I think, nine or ten outfielders. And they have – I mean, he's basically – personally, I probably would have done Blash to keep him, but I still think the organization – wants to see what they have in Blash, and I think there's similar offensive profiles, and I just think there's there's room on the 40-men, ultimately.
2: Well, the point that guys like uh, Marver in particular, David Marver, Change of Potters, was, was making was that, like, we have... we There's a few players on our 40-men that are dog shit. I mean, let's face it. Jankowski, Dead weight. Blash. Like, there's a lot of guys on there that are trash. And I don't... I mean, I get not protecting, but at the same time...
1: Yeah, and, and, and I think we... Fans may view them as trash, but I mean, I think they obviously think... Really, if you start dissecting their 40, man, I think they want to give Javier Guerrero another shot. Right. Um, he's a guy that I've seen him at Elsinore multiple times. I've th- I think I've seen him play at Elsinore more than anybody over the last two or three years. And the guy is amazing defensively, just can't hit. And then you have, like, Jose Ruiz, who... Touches hundred miles an hour. A former converted catcher. They seem to have vested a lot and has big league time now with that one token. Yeah, say he had. came up, didn't he? Yeah, in like a minute. So I mean, they have other guys in on there, like time. like Jankowski is a guy I could see them trading, but I think ultimately it's just right now they next year is going to be I think a year where you're going to have to see them make some really tough decisions, chiefly do you add Anderson Espinosa the 40-man if he hasn't pit, thrown a pitch in two and a half years?
0: I, I think that'll be a slam dunk, yes. I think Yes, people, of course. Yeah, but, I mean, you still have to make that decision. It's, it's a question. Yeah, I think what people forget is that, you know, yeah, you have a lot of these prospects, the chances of somebody taking Fran Reyes just because, like you said, the profile, he's coming off injury. I think he still at 25 home runs. I just looked him up.
1: Um, yeah, that seems right. Yeah, yeah, but,
0: you know, they, they have to think of the major league roster too. With Blash, you got a guy who's got options. Jankowski has options. Jankowski can play all three outfield positions at a plus, and he's also a plus base runner, so it makes sense. Even though plus we, think-
1: as of right now, it seems like they're going to tender Matt Caesar a deal, and yeah. I think with Reyes too, um, the the. The most important side is he had 103 RBIs. Yeah. Well, that's not important to me. <laughs> but nonetheless,
0: Kevin wants me to strangle him and throw him out of this uh, studio. <laughs> gotta get those ribs. Yeah. Gotta
1: get those ribs. Yeah. Man. This isn't
0: Famous Dave's, buddy. You gotta eat. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. Big boys but, gotta eat. Yep.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I can I could see why they keep some guys because, like you said, they have a major league team to worry about. I don't think Framil Reyes is even if he gets taken, he's coming back. I don't I don't think a team's gonna be able
1: to hide him. And well, I think that was their logic, and I think. You know, it's it's always easy to second-guess something, but I think that's the, the logic is that, hey, this guy, we like him, but he probably can't stick on a, four, on a, on a 25-man roster all year.
2: That makes sense. Now, here's something I want to ask because you brought him up, uh, Anderson Espinosa. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not glad. I was kind of surprised. He's number seven on your list. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, going back to what you're saying about, uh, you know, you like to see about how close they are to major leagues. I mean, with him, he didn't throw a pitch this last year. He's likely not going to throw a pitch this upcoming year. I'm kind of surprised to see him in the top ten. What was your what was your thoughts behind that?
1: He's still talented. Um, I, I think Tommy John isn't the like kiss of death it was ten or fifteen years ago. Yeah, and, but two years without throwing a baseball. I mean, you know, Quantrill missed some time too um, with it, and is still looking pretty good. I think just from what I saw at the Futures game, man, ninety-eight mile an hour fastball, a ridiculous curve. You know, his stuff is the best in the system if healthy, bar none. If Anderson Espinoza was still was healthy last year. I don't give a shit what his numbers are. He's going to be probably number three on my list. Yeah, I was going to say
0: him or um, Gore in terms of assuming he was healthy.
1: Right. Him or Gore. So, I mean, my logic is that he's he's going to come back in 2019. He's going to be 21. As long as the velocity and everything is still there and the command is there, he's still a guy. I know Kana, for example, dropped him completely out of the top 30 just because wow. he didn't know what he has in him. And it makes sense. That's my boy, um, Overlord. Yeah. <laughs> so Not my boy. I right? do the same thing. And I I, I get that. My whole thing with prospect list is, like, this is my logic, and if you have other logic, it's cool. But my logic is he's still a talented player. I I think he can bounce back from that injury. He's still only going to, like I said, I think I just mentioned it, but he's going to be 21 when he comes back. He's going to be right where he should be age-wise. No, he's not going to reach the big leagues at 21 like we all hoped. um, But that's the reason why you have all these pitching prospects is it's like that episode of the Simpsons where they put together this all-star group of players and all this shit starts happening at the end. All you have is Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> like, you know, you <laughs> oh, want that a home run, yeah. Home run at bat. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you, you just, it's basically to me, it's just padding it with as many guys as you have. And if Anderson is and Espinosa doesn't work out. Okay. Now I got Michelle Baez. I have more I have all these other guys, but yeah, I, I, I think I don't remember where baseball America had him. I think they had him in the top ten, right? They
2: actually have him exactly where you had him at number seven. Yeah, so, so I was ready to bash your ass. And I saw theirs and I'm like, man, well, is Kyle, there something wrong with me? Kyle <laughs> Fazer's my boy,
1: man. So he, we we're on the same page with that. But no, he's he's definitely a guy that if people had him lower, had him out, it makes sense. But I, I still I I still think the talent's there. And like you said, even if let's just say he can't start anymore, I mean, that repertoire in the bullpen is gonna be filthy. Um, he's a guy I think at worst, if if healthy. If he doesn't blow his arm out again and doesn't have uh, multiple arm injuries, he's a guy that at worst is a high leverage reliever. He's a you know can be the, the closer, which I think Baseball America has him at yeah. in their twenty twenty one roster. Right. Which if which you go back way... and look, if you go back and look at like the projected two thousand sixteen <laughs> lineup, it's gonna make you want to slit your wrist. <laughs> <laughs> but... I'll yeah. grab a knife over here. Yeah, seriously, yeah. but no, he's a guy that I still I still think very highly of.
2: Well, you know, uh, keeping on the page of uh, Tommy John, Chris Paddock, you have him at nineteen. Um, is he he's like a Tony how close, prospect? Yeah, how close is he? <laughs> I don't know. Back?
1: he's so he, I know he was throwing bullpens and instructs. Um, they opted not to, to, to have him participate. One of my things that I would like to see that I because the the, the scouting report on him has been his fastballs pretty good but it's not like amazing but his changeup is like ridiculous fastball changeup put that guy in the bullpen and see how fast he gets up here yeah um he's got a decent i think he throws a curve too is he is his third pitch it's not on par with those i would imagine he starts back at elson but i think that change up is supposed to be just a filthy pitch if you look at his stats in fort wayne and uh whatever the Marlins team was, the low A team he got before he got traded, his stats are like video game like people couldn't oh, touch yeah. him. Oh yeah, there's
0: like he didn't give up a hit for like 6 years. The yeah, ones, like it, like it's
1: it's crazy. I think guys hit like 128 off of him. His stuff is really good. Um again, like I said, I'm not I don't shy away from the Tommy John surgeries because I, you see clearly. guys recover from all the time clearly. Um you know, um I read the arm by Jeff Passon, so I consider myself an expert now. So. <laughs> No, I mean, it's something these guys can recover from. I think uh, he's a guy that I still think – I personally see him as a reliever, but a high-leverage reliever. But I think that will be sorted out this year for sure. I think my my guess is he starts in the rotation somewhere, whether it be Fort Wayne or Elsinore.
0: Yeah, and I think that's just another sign of how deep the system really is because when we got Paddock – I mean, he was almost instant. I feel like, at the time, like a top-ten prospect in the system.
1: Yeah, we and just basically cleared out that Marlins friggin' farm system with yeah. him and Naylor. Well, Which, Naylor by the way, we... would have
2: been nice if we had the other Luis
0: Castillo still in our system. Yeah, he's on the Reds now, isn't he? Yeah. i sure he's on the that, Reds. Yeah,
1: we got Colin Ray, though, so it's all good. <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> and
0: blood platelets himself. Yeah. Um, one guy that's getting a lot of pub, he actually finished, I think, really high on the Baseball America's uh, uh, Padre list is uh, Gabriel Arias. Now, He's a July two signing. I feel like he kind of went under the radar a little bit at the time, yeah, um, just because of other guys that they picked up, um, obviously Onya and Morahone. But tell us about uh, uh, Arias. You know what what the upside is. I think he's a shortstop. A lot of guys think mm-hmm. that uh, when he's ready, Tatis will be big enough to move to third. Um, what can you tell us about Arias and how you guys feel about him? That's over at kind of how
1: I've envisioned the future for him. If because I, I just to kind of with prospects, I always look at the best case scenario of what they're going to be. Um, I try not to say if a guy's got question marks and all that other stuff, just because I, I don't consider myself a scouter, you know a great talent evaluator. I'm just a, a fan with a pair of eyes who likes doing this. Um, so that's kind of like my disclaimer. But with, with with Arias, um, he didn't hit last year at all. Um, struck out quite a bit, but defensively he's versatile. Um, he's got a pretty good hit tool from what we've what I what we've heard. Um, the power's not really there yet, but he's got the ability to play a shortstop and play. it, I think he can be a plus fielder there. And I think that's the logic behind it is that he's 17 and he was holding his own in short season. He's a guy that was somewhat under the radar because I think of the guys that they signed last year, obviously Morahone and Onya, but you know, even like Luis almanzar they signed for 4 million. Who's slightly below him on this list. You already barley got a million, a couple other guys. So he's a guy, I think he signed for 1.9 million, but he's a guy that is in there or Australian baseball league right now. Um, I think what he can be is more of it. Like a, you know, a, Kind of a 280 hitter, limited power. But, yeah, I was going to ask what yeah.
0: the off because I mean, I think the glove is, you know, that I think that's his calling card. That's
1: going to be probably his calling card. I think he can be a league average bat. Um, I don't think well, he's, it's short stuff. That's exactly perfect. I, do and I don't think he's going to be elite by any means from what I've seen and what I've heard. But I think part of, and that's a question, honestly, like I'm when I, when I talk to Cogways, or I'd ask him too because I'm like, yo, that, that one blew me away. I'm just curious what what you guys have heard or what they've seen on him. I what I Nothing. will say, <laughs> That's why yeah, I'm asking you, you're the insider. Yeah, here. what I will say about him is that at the Futures game or the on deck game or whatever the f- fuck it's called now. <laughs> um, uh, Chris Kemp when somebody in the local media asked him, and I can't remember who, but somebody asked him like what player are are you most excited to see and you know, obviously the natural answer would be Tatis, but he actually mentioned Gabriel Arias. Wow. So the organization's super high on him. And I and I think and I suspect that it may be what the organization thinks that's influencing him being so high. I had him at 20, I think 21 or 22, 22. 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 22. So I know I kind of went back and forth with him and, Ru, and Is Terry Ruiz. But, yeah, he's a guy that I think can be an a, above-average shortstop when you factor the glove, the hit, you know, the speed. Um, and he's 17. He's going to be – one of the things I, I – and this is going to sound crazy, but I think he ends up in Elsinore next year. Um, just cool. because of the sheer number of middle infielders that are going to be eligible to play at Fort Wayne. Dude's got to play somewhere. I mean, I don't really need to see Javier Aguirre for junior season there, so let's, yeah. <laughs> let's, get, let's give Arias a crack. You know, it's a hitter's league. I don't really yeah. feel like...
0: And they're aggressive with their guys anyway. Yeah, they're really
1: aggressive. I don't feel like there's a huge differentiate you know differentiation between Fort Wayne and, and Elsinore anyway, so I don't feel I'll like... Tell the owner that
0: when Tatis skipped Elsinore. Yeah. <laughs> true.
1: I'm a little still... I mean... It, yeah, I just wanted to see him play one. So I. I was a little chapped. Yeah, a little chapped. I was I was a little, was a little taken aback by that, but yeah.
2: Yeah. So if you guys, um, side note, if you guys uh, want to check out Danny and I on the Kept Faith podcast, we were on there last week talking a whole about a, a whole lot of to- uh, Hosmer talk. Well,
0: according to you, it was only me talking.
2: I also want to congratulate Danny for getting the Guinness Book of World Records talking for fifty-five minutes straight without <laughs> once stopping to actually fucking breathe. Yeah, you know it is to Christ. sit here. It
0: is so hard to sit here and hear Kevin talk. So,
2: anyways. <laughs> Um, I mentioned on that about shortstop. I mentioned Luis Urias. I said, hey, why not throw Urias out there? Where Overlord, uh, John Conifer, he was listening. He said, hey, I don't really think Urias is a shortstop. And if it's just the three of us here, and Overlord's not listening, of course, um, do you think he can play short? What do you think about him being at shortstop? Because there's clearly an opening for him. on Not the like every Boston. day.
1: I don't think he has the lateral movement for it. He's not the speediest guy. Arm-wise, yeah. I think if, if it was just... About his arm i think he can play there no problem i think he's better suited for second base um so I, I i think he can fill in there i don't think he's a guy that you want there 145 games a year someone brought up a point also talking about his arm can he play third you know i've kind of questioned that too um i i, I don't see why he couldn't because i don't think he need as much range to play third i think he would play over there i think a lot of it why you don't hear that too much is that the bat profiles better at second because he's not a guy that's ever gonna be a a 20 home run guy, he's gonna be well, he might with the uh, juice ball these days. He could be, I mean, allegedly. The the comp that baseball America threw out a couple years ago, and I don't really like player comps, but oh, Altuve, no, <laughs> oh, uh, damn it, no, and it's and, and it's probably going to um deflate the penises of the collective fan base, but more, trust a, me, buddy, my penis has been deflated for a couple of years now. <laughs> oh, boy. oh boy, um, it's more of a plodos- uh Placido Polanco. Uh, I'll take. That. Oh yeah, but I take that. Martin Pol- Prado type of profile. That's a great
0: player. It's an everyday above average. Yeah. Player. So
1: I think I think people, I think what people do, fans do, is they look at like what Houston's done or what Washington has done or these other teams that have quote unquote tanked, and they see oh Tatis, mm, there's our Correa. Ooh, they got a second baseman and he's little. Ooh, there's uh, there's our Altuve. You can't put. Where's that our Marwin Gonzalez? That's yeah. Where's who, our you yeah. know Where's our Josh Reddick? Yeah. You know, Where's you know our Dallas Keuchel. Where's Gary Can Anybody see him? He uh, might
0: be squinting. You might have to squint to see him, but he's around uh, here somewhere.
1: Both him and his brother have that stupid haircut, which is <laughs> awful. Like, like the sideshow Bob, grade twenty. You know. By sl- the way, just a side note: if you haven't noticed yet, if you ever want to get in
0: Kevin's pants, just reference classic Simpsons episode, <laughs> and you've got him wet I will, as water.
1: I will drop. You know, if, if I did my own podcast, there'd be fifteen to twenty Simpsons references guaranteed in an hour. Per hour, yeah, I mean, they... we just reference his failed marriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's,
0: I reference my failed marriage, so we don't have to i'll give you a card for from my therapist when you're done. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> that works. Do they take Kaiser? Yeah,
2: so how about how about quantrol So we, we were kind of talking before we started about um, so Padres Jagoff, he went to one bad start, and I was there also, um, for Quantrill, and all of a sudden, it's like, hey. This guy sucks. And honestly, <laughs> honestly, that's that's what I look at. It's not that he sucks, and I don't think Jagoff's saying that, but it's like, hey, let's and I'll use his own phrase, let's not go sucking each other's
0: dicks yet. Over yeah, Quantrill. right Quantrill. Quantrill didn't look good at the uh, futures game for the all-star he break did. either. Like he got lit up pretty good.
1: I think with Quantrill and, – and and again, he, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I because I, I for me it's the opposite. I saw two of his starts last year or this year, and they were two of his better ones. I the one of the starts I saw was uh, he pitched, I think, seven innings against uh, Rancho, Rancho Cucamonga. Struck out twelve guys. Three times, struck out Logan Forsythe and right. struck out Adrian um, in a rehab assignment. Or not Adrian. It was Jock Peterson, excuse me. Yeah. Um, Adrian Peterson was there the next night.
2: Before. Would be World Series MVP. Jock Adrian Peterson. Gonzalez. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, would be.
1: So, um, what I saw that night was you know a mid nineties fastball, uh, a really good changeup, and his curveball looked really good that night. Um, now, there are some concerns, and I, and I wrote them up, is that his line drive rate, when you compare it, just... I didn't necessarily look at league average because I don't have that time kind of time, but, like, I looked at compared to, like... I, I kind of use him, Lauer, and Lucchese as kind of a, a reference point, and his line drive rate in Elston was way higher than those two guys. Really? It was 20... I want to say 21% if you look at fan graphs. And it ballooned to, like, 26, 27 in San Antonio. So, the guy gave up some hard contact. I mean, one of the... Uh, Pitches I saw him groove, he grew to fastball to DJ Peters, who's one of the Dodgers' shot prospects now. Um, and the guy just – if, if you've ever been to Elsinore that 425 to left center. Oh, yeah. He hit it there on one hop to the warning track. Like, the ball is just absolutely just just molested. <laughs> and, uh <laughs> Like Harvey Weinstein yeah, molested it, or it was just Louis C.K. molested? Absolutely oh just just clobbered. Yeah. It wasn't like
0: walk in with your penis out, right? It actually did some touching? Yeah, okay. exactly. just want to make sure that we know there's levels of molestation. Yeah, in it, was, it was
1: intense. So, yeah, he's a guy that gives up a lot of hard contact. Um one of the things I've always liked about Quantrill, and I've interviewed him, you know, not to name drop, but I've interviewed him a few different times. And oh, big shot! Well, what I <laughs> shut now, up. Now, did you lock
0: eyes with him and see the passion dripping from his lips when this
1: happened? Yeah, fire in his eyes is, is, is off the charts. No, but one of the things I really love about him is his. He just has a general intensity about him, and he has like a purpose. And he's a guy that you when you talk to him, you you can tell that like he's really focused on what he wants to do. Um, some of the guys are just kind of aloof about certain things, but he'll he was out there just basically naming every pitch that he missed and you know this lineup has it's good to strike a big leaguer out but i have all these other guys here that i gave up this to and that too and drew Jackson their shortstop hit me for a couple that were blistered so i i think
0: seems really focused
1: yeah he's focused and he's really intelligent obviously you expect it from a stanford guy who has a, i think he has a degree he graduated so that's one of the things i think that for me the when you look at intangibles which i think are a valid point of evaluating players his intangibles are really good
0: Another guy I wanted to bring up, we just drafted him. He was, uh, one of the, I think, the top one of the top three picks. And no, it's not our favorite catcher, Blake Hunt. Um, but right next <laughs> to him. Yeah, yes. Big Blake Hunt. Yeah, big Blake Hunt. But uh, Luis Capusano he played at the Futures game. I'm pretty sure he had a pretty good game uh, at that Petco game. But what's the take on him? You haven't been top 25 already, and I'm pretty sure he's a high school yeah, catcher. What's I, the upside I,
1: I honestly don't have a lot of information on him. I put it, him up there based on a couple things, draft position and the fact that he was considered the best catcher in the draft. Um, when you look at what they did, um, what I saw in the futures game is he looked pretty good defensively to me. looked like he had a pretty good arm, um, had a couple of really good at bats. Um, from what I've read and what I've heard is that he's a bat first catcher that put up really good numbers in the AZL, which again, you have to take with a grain of salt. He's a guy that I, I basically put in the top 30 purely based on potential, and I don't really have a whole lot on him in terms of what I think he can do, but I think the reports on him have all been positive. He hit 280, 340, has showed some power. He's a guy that I think can be an above average uh, offensive contributor. I think he's the same thing as like a guy like Austin Allen with the gloves behind the bat.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, it sounds good. I mean, he looked pretty good from what we could tell. I mean, we didn't get to see him throw anybody out, but. Um, he did throw someone out yeah, he, he did throw somebody out oh you're right maybe yeah. you're right it's been a while been I actually long. there's Speaking
1: a guy Focus. there's yeah. a guy there in Texas the Hans Kraus guy that pitched The I think he was a second round what play. a great name Hans yeah.
0: Kraus. sounds like a Nazi bad guy yeah it sounds, sounds, like a, it sounds
1: like a sounds like a sounds like the Die Hard 8 the, he's like <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of Hans Gruber but, Hans Gruber's <laughs> evil stepson <laughs> it's like Hans Kraus, but like that guy like, <laughs> like, Die that Hard guy is a Christmas movie like off topic but like no like yeah. he's no is a guy that I'm just purely basing it on on Secondhand reports. I'm not going to lie to you on that one.
0: That's okay. Now, one guy that surprised me, because I've heard the name before, um, but the one guy that surprised me that, that capped your top 30 uh, is Marcus Green Jr. Explain Marcus Green. I know we got him in the Will Venable trade to Texas. I think that was Preller's first year. But what, yeah. what, what do you have on Marcus Green? What can we expect? What's the upside there? And why is he in your top 30? So... <sighs>
1: When you look at the rest of the system, I mean, Marcus Green is kind of like a father figure to some of these guys. He's twenty three. I mean, which <laughs> makes him anxious compared to some of the kids on this list. Is he buying all the rest of them booze? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I would imagine. Um, you know, he's going out there and taking him out to Powers Burgers in Fort Wayne, and they're smashing, yeah. you know, Budweisers or whatever they do out there. <laughs> no, but, yeah, like what I what I look at him is the fact that he's. A guy that has really good raw power. Um, and you look at and it could be a combination of the fact that he is twenty three, but he had the best walk rate and the lowest strikeout rate on the Fort Wayne team. Uh eleven percent walk rate. Yeah, he was in Fort Wayne last year. Um last year was really the first year and he still had some injury problems, but he's had a really hard time staying healthy. He actually had Tommy John surgery himself in two thousand and sixteen. So he kind of came back with Elsinore. Last year, two thousand sixteen, wasn't really healthy. Um, I talked to him at that time about kind of the progress that he makes, and that he basically can't throw the ball hundred percent effort. But he's a guy that has a good idea of what he's doing at the strikes at you know at the plate. Um, defensively, he's probably a work in progress. He has a pretty good arm. I think he threw out thirty two percent of base runners. Which, That's real good, which yeah. is pretty solid. Um, he DH'd a little bit because they had other guys. They had AJ Kennedy up there who was. On a kind of honorable mention list, I did, but he's a guy I think that can hit fifteen to twenty home runs a year, and I think he's a guy that has an idea of what he's doing at the plate. And I just, he's a guy that I don't think anybody else will have on their top list. I know some of the guys will talk about him. I just, I really like his game.
0: Is his ceiling? Do you think is his ceiling like everyday regular catcher? Or more I think of a so. I, I think
1: he could be your everyday regular. I think. To be perfectly honest, he may fit the profile of a backup catcher better because I think the profile tends to be a guy who has a little bit of power and can hit. And but I think he's a guy that could play every day because I think he's got a good idea of what he's doing at the plate. Strike, you know, when you look at the strikeout rate, the you know the walk rate, it's pretty solid.
2: You know, there's one guy that that I'm looking at also right now that I want to bring up, and I I hate to be negative about it, but I feel like he's you all...
0: hate to be negative. I'm stunned. Shocking.
2: I actually love it. Stunner. I've been waiting for this fucking guy to put it together, but and I know you guys aren't about you know bashing prospects over at Mad Friars, but Michael Gettys, uh, dude, what like we went to spring training and this guy's just jacking bombs like in all batting practice. We'll be at batting practice and then he goes in the game. He looks like shit.
0: Now that, we know he's an eighty body. We already know that. You, <laughs> yeah, you made that very clear off air.
1: <laughs> that guy is uh, he's cut. Um, let's just say that. But like, no. is he ever? Is, it, <laughs> is he ever gonna put uh, it together? I don't know, and that's kind of. That's the concern. Um, when you look, just to give you kind of a, an example of why he's such a enigma, I went to the game on July third. The pain in the ass Fourth of July, eight thousand people or at the diamond or whatever it is. Oh my and, god! Yeah, it's packed. Um, and so I actually they put us down in the seats with the scouts, which was kind of cool. And first at bat, crack, four hundred twenty five foot home run, just bomb to left. Second at bat, uh, he hits a he just. Kills a ball to left. I think it was caught, but it was just absolutely murdered. Gets a ball hit to like, you know, medium depth center field. Throws a one hopper to play. It throws a guy out. Um, steals bases. Um, has a nine pitch walk. This guy's got, if we're just talking on talent and upside alone, Geddes is in the top five. I had Gettys actually ranked number five last year in the system. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm a big. Getty's guy just because I think if he can put the tools together, he's never gonna hit for average. He strikes out way too much, and his strikeout rate is alarmingly alarming. He was actually a DL stint at the end of the season, kind of in August, I think, or late July, saved him from a 200 se- uh, strikeout season. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, 37 percent K rate, almost 38 percent in Elsinore. And and, that- and and that's repeating it. That's the concern. The what you see is the fact that he's got a 70 arm. Um, that's the grade that you know Fangrass has him, and it's legit. The guy, if he can put it together, can hit 30 home runs, hit 240, and play a Gold Glove caliber corner outfielder, center field. You'd be above average out there. The guy's tools are are off the chart. That being said, yeah, if you can't make contact you can't if you can't make contact in the Cali you can't make contact in in the big leagues yeah
2: not at all and like he does he does flash the tools like I went up to quite a few Elsinore games this year and I've seen him you know steal bags I've seen him hose guys at the plate but then I've also seen him swing and miss at a 55 foot curveball
1: yeah he seems really also susceptible from what I've seen is like the fastball in kind of around like the the titties. Yeah, the t- like, the t- I believe that's called a letter high fastball. The t- high fastball. Like he I'm down Weinstein. Yeah. He, he he had trouble kind of making contact on that, but I mean I don't know where the other guys are gonna have and I can't remember where Conf had him off the top of my list, but he's a guy that his tools are there. He just needs to put it together. I think what they're gonna do this year is he's gonna go to double A and it's sink or swim time. Like you gotta figure this out because you're too talented to to hit 250 i mean with 100 i think you had 194 strikeouts this year god a second in the league to dj peters so yeah
2: yeah and tit high fastball means two completely different things for gettys and the guy at number 15 josh naylor <laughs> 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 so naylor right we, we got him from from the marlins and that right. you know like cash <laughs> trade they were talking about earlier and and we were talking a little bit today. You know, when we were talking earlier about. I mean, he he's more athletic than people give him credit for because of his size. Right. I mean, do you do you see him moving moving up? Is he returning to San Antonio? Or? Yeah,
1: it seems like that's where he's going to end up. Um, uh-huh. The thing with yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> the thing with Naylor um, is yeah. he. I don't want to compare him to Sean Burrows, but like, oh uh, god, where oh. I'm going with that is he, PTSD. You can tell this guy's got power. You can watch him in batting practice, and it doesn't necessarily translate to the games. He hasn't had that big season with the with power where you're like, damn, we this guy's arrived, and this is a guy that's gonna hit 30 home runs. But What's it's, holding it's him there.
0: back from that? Because the power, I mean, he went yard at Petco in that first prospect yeah. game to left. What's I don't holding know. Him back?
1: I don't know. I I think his approach at the plate. Um, at the beginning of the season, I'll tell you it was just uber conservative, where he was striking out, looking at pitches. I think part of it is he just kind of goes with a pitch, and he doesn't necessarily try to. He's not pull happy. Um, if you every home run I've ever seen him hit has been to the opposite field, but like when you watch him batting practice, he's clearing that wall in Elsinore. Um, I I think it's hard to say. I think part of it is just he's has an idea of what he wants to do at the plate, and he, he has his zone set up. But I think he just just kind of just tries to make hard contact. I don't think he's necessarily trying to, to, hit, to hit the ball out. Um, his approach is good at the plate. I think he, the guy can be a good offensive player, but I think being the fact that he's only going to profile as a first baseman, he's got to start hitting some home runs.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask, do you think he's more of like a slice and dice or slash type player? Do you he's think he's going to at- stay sharp on the line drives, or is he just going to start you know start stabbing home runs into the left <laughs> field fence or right field fence? No, or? I mean,
1: I think he's definitely going go to cut out the plate. Um, <laughs> he I mean, not, but I mean he's a he's a guy that I think it's hard to say with him because I think he, he's he's hit. He he had a really good year at Elsinore before. He had a good year. I'm being uh, talked to you with a knife at my throat right now. So um, call help for help though. Nine one one. But he's a guy that I think can hit for power. He just hasn't showcased it in games. Like I said, and I, I don't really know I don't really have the secret remedy to that. Um, and that's kind of why I have him down. I think Evan at 15, he's a guy that I think just hasn't maximized the best of his ability. And I don't know if it's work ethic. I don't know what you want to call it. It's
0: definitely not the diet.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's a concern that maybe comes up later as he gets older, you know, how that affects his body. But I think he could stand to probably get in better shape. Not to, I, Like, I'm one to talk, but... <laughs> We're know, not I'm, playing I'm professional the last, baseball. We're not I'm, professional baseball. I'm the fattest guy in the studio right now, so, I mean... Oh, I, thank I, you. Like yeah. I don't, well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I go by chin, so I have those chins here. <laughs> I don't necessarily now, go by pounds. Yeah. I go by chins. Do
0: you think? Do you think Naylor ever sees a ever sees the light of day outside of a prospect game? Like, do you think every throws on a Padre uniform outside of like a September call up, or is he just showcasing I don't himself for twenty nine other teams?
1: I, I personally think, and it it, it depends. Um,
0: because I don't think if, I, Aaron and I've talked. I don't think he ever makes it to the if, Padres. That is, I if, think he makes it, but not as a
1: Padre. If Will Myers is entrenched in first base. For the near future, and, they, and if let's just say they go out and they just for whatever reason sign Eric Cosmer, Ugh. he's done. I think he's a guy that probably is best suited as a first baseman DH. Unless a DH comes to the National League, I personally I think he's a guy that I could see them using as currency to acquire something else. I feel like he's uh, Dan Vogelback.
0: Yeah, and that's actually uh, that's
1: yeah. actually what I was thinking in my head before you said it. I was like, that's a good comp. He's a guy that's a big kind of burly first baseman. He's not really big. He's only six feet. Um, he's not tall or like a rusty stob
0: type yeah you know. i
1: mean he's but he's a guy that i think he can hit I, I i think the question is is he a guy that hits 15 home runs is he more of a um like mark grace type or is he a guy that blossoms into i think well that depends is he
0: taking a drink before he steps up to the plate i don't know gets behind the
1: wheel <laughs> i mean the the inevitable comparison he's always going to get it because of his size as prince fielder
2: I yeah, mean, and that's never going to happen. And that's, no.
1: Uh, yeah, and I don't think he's but, ever going to be that dominant, but I think he's a guy that I, I think... Ha- the thing I will say about Naylor, I think people give him a lot of shit for his weight and whatever it is, but he has an idea of what he's doing at the plate. He's not a dumb kid. Well, it's kind of... I, th- I he's, think he's got it. I think there's some questions about his character, the knife incident, but I think that's just kids being... He was 18. It's People need to let that go. It's like he's not doing anything else stupid that we know about. Yeah, they need to
0: cut that shit out already. Yeah. Um, now yeah, with nice with, with Naylor with Naylor, it sounds like he's built like Prince Fielder, but the offensive profile outside of this year is more like Yonder Alonso, which I know gives people the shivers. Yeah, so That's what that sounds. Like. That's
1: yeah, that's really not a bad comp. Yeah. I mean, I, I line I can, drives, contact, line drives, idea contact, at the gap power. Um, he's a guy like Yonder if he can figure out how to tap into it, he's got it in him. I mean, Yonder kind of last year tapped into his power, started hitting more fly balls, and all of a sudden, you know, we're Padre fans are second guessing himself and saying, Why do we ever let this Not guy go? this Padre fan? No, I, I was <laughs> my whole thing is once I made my bed I lie in it. Like just you know, there's certain trades, like I at the time was really happy when they got Matt Camp and Oh me too. Like, yeah, we all I were. mean, I was like e- e- e-. every trade they made that offseason kind of getting off topic, but every trade they made that offseason was like, oh, okay, but fuck, there's a risk to that. Yeah, the Max Fried, Grandall hurts. Yeah, the 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 Max Fried one, I really I like, miss Ew. Jill Weiland. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, when they made that trade, I'm like, ooh, Grandall could break out though. Mm-mm, but we need an outfielder, okay? Okay. Weiland, uh, Zach Eflin. Turner. Oh, Trey Turner was the one I say yeah. fuck no Like no that yeah. was That was a mistake Max Freed I, I got I got tweets To prove that So anybody who tries To ever give me shit I'll just pull a tweet up And send a screenshot Here you go fucker Yeah if anyone
2: ever Wants <laughs> to give Kevin shit Say it to his face
1: Yeah say it to my face You know where I'm at Mimi and Temecula Yeah me, me, Mimi and El Cajon Yeah seriously Say um, it to his fucking We'll fight shirtless <laughs> Oh, I don't want to see that.
0: Sell tickets. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. So, so is this going down at Pacers or?
1: No, it's going to go down at the. What uh, titty bar is this titty fight happening? It's going at? to be at the Grand on a Elko, on a West Main Street in El Cajon. We'll fight oh. in the parking lot. Okay.
0: And if,
2: if they don't accept you, I'm sure Little Darlings in Lemon Grove. Will. Hey, what
1: we do is we go, we fight, we throw a couple couple punches, and then we walk across the street and go have a meal and at Golden Corral. That works.
2: I will be there throwing ones onto the stage. Yeah. Trust me. So as we're as we're kind of <laughs> as we're kind of uh, winding down here, we're about an hour and about an hour and five minutes here. Um, we're looking here. If I have a few questions here, um, Franchi has seen major league time, and that's as I'm looking through the list, that's the only guy.
1: That's yeah. That's that's it.
2: Other than Franchi, if you had to pick one, who do you think we'll see in the majors first? Not necessarily who would be the best. Who will Lucchese. we see first? Lucchese.
1: Lucchese. I think is a dark horse candidate for the rotation. Oh, that was my pick. Um, uh, breaking out through spring yeah, training. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that. And it depends what they do this offseason. Right now, if you look at their rotation, um, it's Claydic, it's uh, Lamette, and it's Perdomo, and then it's question marks. Well, you got um, the
0: Strom kid from the Royals. You got Strom,
1: you got Erlen, you got Ray, but you don't know where they're going to fit. So they're going to be in the market for one, if not two, starting pitchers. But Lucchese, I think, is perfectly capable of going in and beating any of those guys out for a job. Um, I think inevitably what happens is he goes to AAA, and he kind of figures stuff out there and sees, sees if he can pitch, and that really... Just kind of a horseshit of an environment for pitchers. But um, he's a guy that like I think he's the most big league ready. And then if you look at kind of down the list, um, from there, there's not really, – I mean, I guess I'd have to go De Los Santos, Ad- Daniel, who I have have uh, at 18. And then they have uh, – uh, I'm drawing – I am drawing i drawing want to brain fart right now. Uh, well, De Santos Angeles- – uh, oh, okay. I, yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised, like, close. Lauer, I would, I
0: would think he'd be right behind <laughs> Yeah, Lukaise. he's the
1: guy that, think, I think Lucchese has more upside. I think Lauer is just, I think his best case scenario is he's an average, just, he's kind of like... I feel like he's
2: Wade LeBlanc. He,
1: he's a five, like, girl, like, you know, the girl is like, she's not the most pretty girl in the world, but... but you guys clique? You're like, you know, you look at her, she doesn't disgust you, <laughs> that's ultimately what Lauer... She'll sometimes fuck you. Yeah, this sometimes. is how I hope a woman thinks about me
0: <laughs>
2: one day. Yeah, good luck with that. Thanks. Uh, okay, so also we're looking at this, and let's take Tatis out of the equation. Who has the most power?
1: Just raw power. Fuck. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to go with my boy Hudson Potts, man. That came Really? Out of, and that came out of nowhere. I mean, him or Fran Mill. I mean, because the Hudson Potts thing came out of nowhere because what they said, you uh, know, when I say they is, what, you know, Prospect writers, media, whatever you want to call it, is that he's a guy that could hit for average, but they don't know what the power is. And he had eighteen home runs in the second half of the Midwest West bleh, Midwest League, which is not a generally not a very good hitters league. And so he's a guy that has immense power. Um, Austin Allen's another guy that I, I, I like a lot. Um, guy I had in the mid teens, um, just like uh, you know Jerry Seinfeld, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Woody Allen. Yeah, like he's a guy that hit, I think twenty three home runs. So, I know he hit twenty. 20- he's third in the Cal League. I know that 20, 22, 23. two, twenty three. Don't quote me on that. on the numbers in front of me. But those guys, he's another guy. Those guys, I say, would have the most power. Aside from when you start looking at, kind of, you know, another guy, Brad Zunica, I didn't crack my top thirty. Oh, but that, that's guys, that Eric's guy, Eric's guy. That like guy is Zunica. that guy is tank. Yeah, those those are probably the four guys I think that come to mind. The rest of it's kind of guys that are in the azl that we really haven't seen too much
0: so this is my last one of the guys on the list and even guys that you think have some upside but didn't make your list or your uh your honorable mentions what starting pitching prospect do you think breaks out this year that really rises up the ranks in terms of being (laughs) a, a top prospect
1: uh, that's a good question. Starting I mean, pitchers, I mean, I think we know I who else will jump. But. I think Pedro Avila is considered that a guy. I don't necessarily think he's the best pick because I did have him on the list. Um, when you look for the down Luis Patino, who was in the A Z L, um, had a really good year, mid nineties fastball, good looking breaking ball. From what I've heard, um, David J saw him, saw one of his starts out there, and, and seemed pretty high on him. Uh, when you look at like what they had, I mean, they had guys that like in a in Tri-City that were more more journeymen. So I think that's the guy I would say. I mean, I always like to give multiple guys. But, I I mean, Ben Sheckler had a good year at Tri-City, but I don't think he's really a breakout candidate. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess Luis Patino is that guy. Uh, what about Mason Thompson? Mason he Thompson, he didn't crack my list. Um, a guy that probably made the just – he's probably – if I did a top 40, he's in there. Um, he just didn't pitch a lot last year, and I think other guys did, and they just – their performance surpassed is doesn't mean I don't think he's a good prospect but he's a guy that had some forearm stuff some minor stuff happen and ultimately he's a guy that just I didn't see enough of um I don't think I even saw him pitch in any like you know I watch I try to watch as many of the games as I can through the MiLB TV thing um, which is a really cool thing if you if you can swing the 12 bucks a month or whatever it is during the season, yeah, you're always um,
2: finding baseball, dude. You're the first person I saw a tweet about the Australian baseball league.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I stayed up till 3 in the morning watching some of that game when I had to work the next day, which was really stupid. I mean, <laughs> it looks like they're playing on like the Grossmont High Field, but you know, that, it, the JV field, man. I maybe. mean, you got to have something to do. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of off the NFL, the NBA is kind of boring. I try to get into hockey, I don't really understand it. So,
0: yeah, that's true. You don't I want just, to watch soccer?
1: No. <laughs> no, I'm not Mexican. So, <laughs> well, I it. am, and I don't watch it either. <laughs> yeah. Now,
2: now, one thing that, that I want to cap it off with is um, you had a cool feature on the end, a uh, big or someday. So you had one, two, five guys um, that you think one day will be the you know in, in the big leagues, not the best. I mean, I'm looking at AJ Kennedy. He hit what? One
1: hundred and sixty-nine. One hundred and eight. Um, I think he slugged one eighty two last year. Um, No, he's putrid offensively. So the logic behind it, and that's kind of what I said at the beginning, is that you have guys that cracked the big leagues, whether it be the Padres or whatever team, every year. Like how the fuck did this guy make the list? Like Rocky Gale. Like Rocky Gale. Like and it's perseverance, it's knowledge, it's other other intangible factors that go into it. So a guy like AJ Kennedy, for example, every pitcher, every prospect that the Padres have have, like Reggie Lawson, went on record after a tin, one of his best 10 cap stars and basically praised A.J. Kennedy like first. Um, he's a guy that can't hit. Um, but if he can hit 220, he's going to find his way into a big league roster because he's smart, he's good defensively, and pitches like throwing to him. Um, there's guys that have carved out major league careers as that guy, the quintessential backup catcher. No, he's not a star. I'm not saying he's going to be... The star of the twenty twenty one Padres, but he could be the backup. You look at a guy like Robbie Portis Portiski, I think is how you pronounce it. I just like him because his first, you know, syllable of his last name is Pod, so <laughs> that um, works. So twenty fifth round pick out of McNeese State, um, a guy that just was happy to play Division one ball um, when he was drafted. Is the story I heard from Chris King their the, the Dust Devils announcer, and he's legitimately got like eighty grade speed. So think of him as Terrence Gore. If the Padres are good again, he's a guy that's going to come in off the bench. He's going to pinch run for Josh Naylor, and he's a guy that's going to be able to make some stuff happen on the base pass, play center field, get in the games late, like a
0: Gerard Dyson type. Yeah, exactly.
1: Gerard Dyson. He's not a guy. Again, I'm not saying this guy is the leadoff guy of the future, but you're putting your comp, you're putting together a 25 man roster. You got to have backups. You got to have guys that are specialized roles. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't think he's going to be anything special, but he's a guy that I think can crack the big leagues based on one tool, which is speed.
2: Yeah, and I thought it was interesting. I, I saw him on there. Now, last time that we had you on the show, you let me know who Rod Boykin was, and I never heard of him. And I was looking at Robbie Podorski. I was like, who the hell is Rod, Robbie Podorski? Rod
1: Boykin is that's he's in that he's a top five prospect in terms of names yeah um, you got henry henry who is a narrow miss you have uh hank squared hank squared you have like <laughs> a guy they have a catcher first name named blinger perez oh that's great oh, God. i just picture him just coming out and throwing like the big chain necklace like throwing diamonds out as he hits home runs <laughs> but no like like rod boykin's another guy that probably would have cracked this but yeah i mean there's there's just all these kind of obscure guys that i think all have their place in the organization um but Robbie Poreskis is a guy I, I just like a lot.
2: So you you threw up thirty top thirty five honorable mentions. I don't see Boomer White anywhere on this list. Boomer
1: White and Albert Martinez were very hard, difficult omissions uh, from this list. Um, Boomer Why White. Why is that? Albert. Oh, Albert. Albert. Did they Albert. Like, An H just out of nowhere. Was it? A yeah, type his parents one? can't. It, what happened is he was supposed to be named Albert, and his mom had a list with like, his name's Albert. <laughs> so that's kind of how that happened. The doctor in the Dominican Republic just no, mis- no dental it. down there. Apparently. No, Boomer White is. uh, I mean, he's probably gonna be applying for jobs at like Enterprise Car Rental. <laughs> I mean, he's out of professional baseball, tenth round pick, and you. I don't know. He was just drafted, right? He was drafted 2016? in 2016. And Gotta he's, be
2: makeup issues, dude.
1: We can speculate. I don't know the exact answer, but I mean, if you're a tenth round pick, is akin to being a thirtieth round pick. I mean, guys get drafted there because the first ten rounds count against the cap. You take a guy there, and says, "Will you sign for X?"
0: And I he guess. was a senior, anyways. Like it's not like he had was. I leverage. think
1: he was a junior, or senior. Yeah, signed for I, I want to say 30, 40 grand. Not a, not a ton of money in the grand scheme of things. Um, where that slot bonus is 181 and that's money they used to throw at Mason Thompson and all those guys. But, yeah, he's out of the organization. I don't want to turn this into fucking boomer white talk. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be makeup issues when you're out of the organization that quickly.
2: Yeah, well, that works for us. Well, uh, we do appreciate you coming in. You got anything else, Danny?
1: No, that'd do it.
2: That'd do it. It's went a lot longer than I thought it would. Like, I'm not
0: surprised at all. You have three fat guys who like to talk. So
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... Yeah, the rest of the list, though, madfriars.com. Um, there's three lists there for you to debate. I, my, one of my favorite pastimes is in Twitter is seeing these dipshits call out Baseball <laughs> America, or Baseball Prospectus, Us, um, Man's I'm looking at you. Calling Connor for dipshit and posting a picture of Bob smoking weed. But, but let, let me let me see your list because it's, it's just fun to debate. Like, Show me your my list. My list is my list. I'm not saying my list is better, but it's like it's just it's just bullshit. It's just fun to do. Yeah. That's why I write for Madfriars.
2: Yeah, it gives us something to do in the off seasons. Yeah, again, find him on Twitter at Uh Make sure you check out and subscribe to Madfriars.com. Dan, it's three dollars a month.
1: Yeah. Just it, hey man.
2: It. Hey,
0: that's like half a box of or half a bag of diapers. Yeah. And
1: it's, it's something that <coughs> I'll kind of go on here and just kind of, you know, talk about it. It's, it's basically what you're doing is it's kind of like supporting a small, small business. Yeah. Like you're not necessarily, maybe other places are getting more content, but what you're basically doing is when you give us the, the $4, $5 a month, what it is, it's 49.95 yearly. You're basically enabling John and David and, maybe myself at some point to go travel to see these guys, to give you guys interviews, to give people content. Um, and you know, even if you don't want to subscribe, which is cool, like I get it, you know, money's tight every day. You're going to get a free summary of, you know, the, of of the system. You're going to get names and you're going to get stats. And I think it's just, if you're a Padres fan, especially with the fact that 2018 is going to be another, you know, colonoscopy of a season, (laughs) um, you're gonna need Shocking something for prostate cancer yeah again you're, you're gonna need something to kind of keep you from swallowing a shotgun bullet so <laughs> i think that's at least at the very least just make sure you go on there every day during the season and you get a report um we also have some stories that are coming up in the off season um we should have a we're gonna sit down uh with kyle glazer um at some point to kind of talk about his top 10 and i'm chasing another kind of where they at now? A story that I don't want to spill the beans on, but oh, that sounds um, really interesting. Yeah, that's something that I'm I'm trying to get done, um, kind of align schedules. But yeah, it's I like those types of things, I've, even though they're cheesy. Um, so yeah, cool.
0: Where are they now? That sounds cool. Yeah, I mean,
1: I wrote one the first year as a Mad Friers with Tim Stoffer and Josh Gear going to Sugarland, uh, playing for the Skeeters. Nice. Um, you know, Stoffer making it back to the big leagues at that at the, end of, the tail end of that season. So I think those types of stories are always cool. When you, and that's kind of why I think we like minor. Why I like minor league baseball is you just the odds are stacked against these guys, it's just kind of cool to see him make it. That's why I like Rocky Gale so much. Nobody, who the fuck gave that guy a chance to make the big leagues and hit that home run and look like he had four orgasms simultaneously? <laughs>
0: While you had four real orgasms simultaneously. Yeah, exactly. Seriously. Well, hey,
2: thanks so much for coming in. We appreciate it um we'll check in with you guys at some point hopefully i mean can someone sign a goddamn contract Jesus. or make a trade right? uh doug
1: fister is off the market He's oh the Ranger. shit yeah well
2: we're, we're <laughs> fucked yeah I'm, I'm i'm hoping there's some sort of big trade for the Padres. race i'd like to do an emergency pod quote unquote but um we'll see and uh before we get out of there i want to say you are very welcome to Padres twitter if you guys have not noticed uh mickey coke has started a podcast So he kind of put out there and asked, Hey, uh, can anyone help me with starting a podcast? I guarantee I'm the only one that slid in the DM. So you guys are welcome for that. Um, We'll check in next week. Make some fucking trades. We're out of here.